Hey everybody, welcome to another special episode of Puck Off. I am your host, Chris Nozick, as always, joined by my co-host, Andrew Johnson, also of the Short Shift Podcast. They are coming back very, very soon. Andrew, how are you? Are you excited for a new episode of Short Shift? Hopefully this week. I'm excited for a new episode of Short Shift, but I'm I'm right now I'm I'm excited to talk about Tampa Bay because this team, this this team. I don't know if we're going to spend that much time on it, but there's a lot packed into a short amount of time here for them. Well, not really. It's, it's Briswas summed it up. Fuck them picks. We're winning now. I hang on, hang on. You may need to do a slight edit here. I'm going to find the exact quote. Nope. Take your time to find it because I'm, I'm going to drop a bombshell on you here. You ready? Sure, let's go for it. They need to trade Mikhail Sergachev. That's not really a bombshell because you've been talking about it for a while. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not surprised that you 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 say that. But show your work. Um no cap space at all currently. They are currently over. They are over by $873,000. And they have one too many players on their roster. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have no draft capital at all. This this coming draft, they have a third round pick, a fifth round pick, a sixth round pick, and three seventh round picks. Okay. So I guess that's some draft capital, but they well, don't have me, a first well, round pick next year. Well, let's let's let, let's hear what um Julian Brisebois has to say about those draft picks. You got the quote? <clears throat> I got the quote. Perfect. At the end of the day, I know there's a perceived value of those picks, but we have a really we have a really good idea of what the actual value of those picks are individually. You can go, what's that first round pick worth? What's that second round pick worth? And so forth and so on. When we look at what that's worth to us, based on the odds of those picks turning into good NHL players down the road, I'd rather have a good player right now for this season and next and help this group win right now. Because I know what the odds of those picks are turning into players. I also know what the odds of those picks turning into players that can help us win while we have this group of players right now in their prime, ready to go for another long run. The odds of that are zero. None of those picks were going to help. None of the players who are going to draft those picks are going to help us win this year or next, or probably the year after that. So when you put that into context, you frame it that way, it ends up being a really easy decision, actually. That was specifically in regard to the Tanner Janot trade, correct? Yes, it was. Yes, but that, but that was, but that was, that was indicative of his viewpoint on keeping draft capital. So let me preface this by saying he's not wrong in any way, mm-hmm. because all of those draft picks that were traded for Tanner Janot, none of them are going to help Steven Stamkos win another cup. Sure, none of them are probably going to help Nikita Kucherov win another cup. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, Brandon Hagel, they might have helped win another cup. Mm-hmm. They might have helped Braden Point win another cup. Mm-hmm. Maybe. They're both under 30. Yeah. The, the problem is, first of all, you can't re-sign everybody to multi-million dollar contracts the way that he is. Mm-hmm. Uh Tanner Janot on the 2.6 right now kind of makes sense because it's a little bit of a bridge deal. Um, I like the Connor Sheary contract. I don't I think like, I, I think Connor Sheary was probably their best shrewd offensive re-signing. 
but they had to give him a no trade clause to do it. Mm-hmm. So here's where you're at. A you got full, a full three year no trade clause. So so fantastic. <laughs> as I mentioned, right now you have eight hundred and thirty seven thousand dollars in cap space that you're over. All right. They already have Brent Seabrook on LTIR, so they need to put somebody else on LTIR for 875k or trade someone of 875k value. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the well. Thing. To be fair, actually, or they may have they may have found what what they well actually no no they don't. What are you thinking? So, it's not what I'm thinking. It's what happened yesterday. Josh Archibald oh. had his contract terminated. And they signed Tyler Mott into to replace that contract. Right. So they still have 24 out of 23 NHL contracts. So they're still over there. Uh-huh. And they're still over by eight hundred seventy-three thousand dollars. So mm-hmm. but here's here's my here's my bigger point to this. Mm-hmm. Kucherov, point, Stamkos, Nicholas Paul, Connor Sherry, Josh Archibald, Victor Hedman, Zach Bogosian, Andre Vasileski. All of them have no trade clauses. Who the fuck gave Zach Bogosian a no trade clause? Julian Brisbane. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, somehow Mikhail Sergachev does not have one. Weird. Weird. Some, somehow Eric Cernak doesn't have one. Also weird. Somehow Anthony Sorelli doesn't have one. Not and as neither- weird as Sergachev, but still weird. And neither does Brandon Hagel. Brandon Hagel signed for eight years and didn't get a no trade clause? Correct. Huh. (laughs) But he's 6.5. You do that contract every day of the week. Sure. All right. I I like Brandon Hagel. I think that's a fair value for him. Brandon Hagel, Braden Point. That's your one-two punch on your top line going forward. Mm -hmm. Then you have Stamkos Kucherov on your second line. That right now they're still your first line. Don't get me wrong, but you get the right. idea. Then, then you have to position in Nicholas Paul, Anthony Sorelli, Connor Sherry, Tanner Janot, Josh Archibald. After that, you go Luke Glendening, Tyler Mott, Logan Brown. Mm-hmm. Yuck, overrated, and holy, what is that? Logan Brown, a, a Logan Brown, a. Uh... I was thinking Tyler Mott. Tyler Mott? Yeah, what is that? He's he's not good anymore. Yeah. Logan Brown, not good anymore. Like not good wasn't good to begin with. So and now on Michael defense, Isomot was claimed off waivers twice, was put on waivers twice last year. Yeah. And now on defense, you go Sergachev Hedman, Cernak, uh, probably Bogosian, and then you have Hayden Flurry, Calvin DeHaan, uh, who, uh, Nick Perbix, yep, and Darren Radish. Darren yeah. Radish actually looks pretty good, mm-hmm. but again, he might be the next one to like there. slot in for an older guy at some point. But here's the thing: Victor Hedman is not Victor Hedman anymore. No, he's not. He hasn't been for about three years. He's still very, very fucking good. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But he's not a top three defenseman in the league anymore. Mm-hmm. His contract is almost up. He's got a modified no trade clause. Now, are you going to tell me that you're going to trade Victor Hedman, or would you rather trade Mikhail Sergachev? 
So if, if you're Tampa, which one would you rather trade? Which one would I rather trade? Um, probably Sergachev because he doesn't have he doesn't have the trade protection. But that's going to be a a tall ask because you just signed Sergachev to that massive deal. That's the problem is his deal is so massive. It doesn't match his output. He did not take the leap in replacing Victor Hedman that you needed him to. He's still a very good defenseman though. He is a number two. Yeah. He is. He is Hampus Lindholm. Okay. That's a, that's a, that's a damn good comparison. All right. Victor Hedman is no longer Charlie McAvoy though. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. He is now also Hampus Lindholm. <laughs> Still very good, but exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Eric Cernak is Brandon Carlo. So like, there's still some stuff there. They're they're good, but mm-hmm. they don't have the Norris guy anymore. Right. And yes, I'm still going to sit here and say they got to trade Sergachev because he's the piece that'll get them something in return. Mm-hmm. He can get them an NHL caliber defenseman almost as good as Sergachev is. They still have Hedman. Mm-hmm. He can get them a draft piece back and an NHL forward. Someone like one more bottom six piece. Middle six piece, but yeah. Middle six. Okay. He 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 could get them a Brandon Hagel type plus a Eric Cernak type mm-hmm. plus a third or fourth round draft pick. Okay. And that's what this team needs. They need to replenish. They need to get younger. Yeah. They're they're They are still very, very good on their top ends, but it seems like, Depth-wise, and it's kind of indicative of that quote by Brisebois, depth-wise, it's sort of crumbling around them a little bit. I don't think Tanner Janot is that 24-goal guy that he showed in Nashville. I think that was a heater that he went on and he cashed in on it. Cashed in on it a little later than he thought, that than he probably should have, but he cashed in on it. And now he, I think Tanner Janot is just like a fourth-line guy. I think he's just let, me, let me put it to you this way. Kucherov, mm-hmm. fantastic player. Point still Stamkos, yep. fantastic players. Stamkos is a Hall of Famer. What's his next contract look like? Do you think his money goes down or up? Stamkos? Yeah. I think if the cap was flat, it would go down, but it's not by much. But the cap's going up, so I think it stays. I think I, I think it stays at around what he makes, around eight. You, you I mean, think he still commands that kind of money. He's 33. Well, how many years do you give him at 8 million on his next deal? Probably give him the Pavelski deal, four years. Take him till he's 37. Sure. Eight, eight mil till he's 37. One. Sure. Uh, that actually lines up one year after Kucherov's contract. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this is the issue, though, because then you're going to have Hedman owed a, con- a year after him. He'll be 34. What do you give Hedman when he's 34? Mm-hmm. What do you give Victor Hedman when he turns 34 in two years and his contract is up? He's at 7.8 right now. Do you send him up? Do you pay him a little bit more and round him to eight as well because the cap went up? I don't think you keep him. 
then why not trade him now? Mm-hmm. Or next year. This year or next year, it's modified and mm. then allows you to keep Sergachev. How long do you keep Sergachev? Well, no, I'm saying it allows you to keep Sergachev. It allows. I thought you said how long. I apologize. Um, yeah, yeah. I think Hedman's your guy. I think Hedman's your guy. I think you. Hedman is still a reputation guy, where you can deal him based on his name rather than his production. If I'm looking to deal Victor Hedman, a team that I call up, I just made a deal with him and I overpaid. I call Nashville. Call Nashville, yep. Because now you're selling Nashville on, you can pair Victor Hedman with Roman Yossi. That's that's some EA. That First of all, that's some EA shit. That is what they would have had had Ryan Ellis not gotten hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. But fuck them picks, right? So yeah, anyway, fuck them. fuck them picks. Give me, give me those picks back. That's what he's gonna say. Um, mm-hmm. Beyond their high end talent, they don't have anything that really approaches anything other than mediocre. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sorry, Luke Glenn Denning is not gonna be their savior at 34 years old. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like one, they are they are one injury away from being royally fucked. And I'm not just talking about Andre Vasilevsky. I mean, they're, I mean, they are, they are, they are fucked hard if he gets hurt. Oh, who was their backup? Jonas Johansson. I'm sorry. Soon to be Dan Vladar. (laughs) Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. But for now, for now, for the sake of the now, it's Jonas Johansson. I just, he has not been good ever in the NHL. Here's, I don't know why thing. he's here. Here's the thing with, with Tampa Bay, right? Because mm-hmm. I do want to wrap up Tampa Bay. I don't want to spend too much time on them. One, I think they plummet. They've they already plummets? have. They already have. Mm-hmm. They were, when I said we were about to talk about Tampa Bay, you went, holy shit, this early? Yeah, I did. They True. finished 13th in the league last year. Mm-hmm. 13th. And they still have the high-end talent that we're talking about. Stamkos, Kucherov, Point, etc. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, they don't have anything. And they don't have anything to trade. Because when you don't draft young talent, you don't have young talent to trade. So now they're I mean, hoping... Yeah. It, it, here's the thing. They, they, let's say they're in it this year at the trade deadline, right? Mm-hmm. They, they want to go out, okay, riddle me this. They're targeting Mark Shifley. What do you trade for him? We know Shifley is available. Right. What do you trade for him? What do you offer Winnipeg right now for him? Hmm. A 2026 first round pick? Your 2028 first. That's my point. They don't have a first round pick until 2026. They don't have a second round mm-hmm. pick until 2025. So even if you're going after Mark Shifley, so, you're looking at starting with those two picks. And and this shows why when you said Brisebois in a vacuum isn't wrong about what he said, he's also incredibly short-sighted because picks aren't just for development. Exactly. They're, they're chips. They're lotto tickets, but 
They they are they are they are trade they are legitimate trade chips. And if you are saying straight up like it, it this this has a cascade effect. You're saying fuck them picks. You know what you're also saying? Fuck our development system. I don't need them. We don't need them. Fuck our scouts. Fuck them. We don't need any of that. We need to win now. Exactly. What does that do two to three years? It fucks you over. It fucks you. And the that quote, as you so eloquently pointed out, that quote was said at the in the middle of that downturn. Now here's if here's... you're on the upswing, if you're a team on the upswing and you make that quote, oh yeah, fucking go for it. Oh yeah. But you're not there anymore. You make that quote three years ago, it makes all the sense in the world. You make it now, the fuck is he doing? Here's the thing. And 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 you're gonna love this. I want to do a real quick side by side comparison because people like to complain about not having draft picks here in Boston. <laughs> I, I knew that was coming. I knew yep. this was coming at some point. <laughs> but here's the thing: first and foremost, Don Sweeney has found an ability to go to the NCAA and find undrafted free agents, guys like Tory Krug, yep. guys like Mark McLaughlin. Now. Has he been perfect? No. But he still has a draft pool. Not only that, he's been able to go into other teams' pools and say, you're not going to sign that guy? Thank you. Baranacci. The other thing, too, is, is while he was also kind of simultaneously saying, fuck them picks, first and foremost, the results are the same. Both mm-hmm. teams went to two Stanley Cup finals under their general manager's watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. The Bruins just happened to lose theirs. And that's not something we're talking about right now. Right. All right. The lightning went to three in a row. One of them was COVID related. And actually the Bruins were hell bent on going to that cup until COVID hit. Right. That could have, that should have been another Bruins Stanley cup final, but a global pandemic changed that entire season. Mm-hmm. Now, hundred percent. Don't get me wrong. When they restarted, Tampa Bay came back and they earned it and they did their thing. And that's fine. But Boston was clap. They were fucking everybody up that year. Mm -hmm. All right. What they did this past year, 65 wins. They were basically on pace for that. Mm -hmm. All right? right. That team was slapping people up and down the ice. And then a pandemic hit and just wiped them clean. (laughs) Fine. Right. But my point being, both teams went to two Stanley Cup finals. Okay. Whether they win it or not, that's a coin flip. It's a seven game series for a reason. Mm -hmm. All right. Neither team has drafted very well. Whose draft pool would you rather have? Their, Their prospect pool? Whose prospect pool would you rather have? Boston's. Not by much, but by a little bit. I'd rather have Boston's. Now, here's the other thing when it comes to the uh, the outline. You may not think you want Boston. Like, I'm just playing devil's advocate. You, you don't necessarily want Boston's dra- uh, prospect pool, but Boston has all their draft picks now going forward with the exception of like one or two. Mm-hmm. All right. 
Tampa Bay, they don't have a first, third, or fourth in one year, and they don't have a first the following year. And they're going to give up more because of what their philosophy is. Mm -hmm. All right? So when it comes to draft drafted players in a prospect pool plus draft picks, you want Boston's situation. Yes. So who's done the better job? I think, well, who's, who's done the better job? I think you... A lot of people are going to look at the look at the cups. Sure, they're going to look at the cups. But there's an argument that those breezeball cups were Iserman's. Yeah, because that that those were that was his team, and breezeball has come in and he's broken. He's broken oh. down what made that Tampa Bay team so successful for his own philosophy. I will counter with this then, because then you could say those two cup runs were Shirelli. Sure. You could. The, in twenty in twenty nineteen, you can far less say it was Shirelli's. At that point, Sweeney had made his handprint on that on that franchise. But it was it was still Bergeron Krejci, Marshan, Brask. Those were all Sorelli guys. Fair. That's fair. So I, I get what you're saying, but that's also kind of the point. Neither one of them drafted the core. Mm -hmm. Neither one of them developed the core. They just kind of filled in around them mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and traded away draft picks to do it. Was it? Was, does that mean Peter Shirelli was actually a good general manager? No. Okay, good. I just no. I wanted to make sure. Um, no. no, absolutely not. Because <sighs> Shirelli kind of did what Breeze Ball is doing now. Yeah. We're going to sign everybody. Only he did it better. Yeah. But Breezebois is going to, uh, Breezebois is saying, I'm going to sign guys like Nick Paul to seven year contracts. Yeah. Shirelli did guys like Chris Kelly to four year contracts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He gave him the mm -hmm. no trade clause, but he did only did it for four years. I'm going to give, I'm going to give Nick Paul seven years. Fine player. Not a guy you signed for seven years. I'm going to give Connor Sheary a no trade clause. Fine player. Nick Paul not the guy you no give a fucking no too. trade clause to. Nick Paul got the no trade clause too, by the way. Yes, correct. Like, I don't know. Breezebois is kind of veering dangerously close to Shirelli territory right now. Very, very close. Mm hmm. Um, when, hmm, how much longer does he have in the job? A while. Because it's going to take a long time for perception to catch up to reality. Okay, fair. Because those, because those, those cups give you cachet. Those cup runs give you cachet. But, and and I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna preface this by saying I agree with everything that you said. That in a vacuum, what Breezeball was saying makes sense. But two things: a life never happens in a vacuum, and b that quote's gonna haunt him. Because he told every single one from the draft picks, the young players, to the development team. He told them all in no uncertain terms that they could puck off. Tampa Bay's this far down. Wow. Yeah, I, I do. I, I agree with you. I think this one will be pretty quick.